Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, today's a great podcast. There's a great television show coming up tonight, 9 p.m. on Blaze TV. We're talking about the meat mafia. I explain this and how the government and corporations are working together to control our food. Also, the control of medicine and what's happening to housing and housing prices. Oh, also the collapse of the dollar and why Bitcoin is being uh, talked down by the federal government. All this and more on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Senator Tom Cotton is joining us now, Republican from Arkansas, a guy who was way ahead on COVID-19 and the uh, lab leaks. Also, I wanted to talk to him today about the military whistleblowers uh, that are happening and his amazing questioning of a, a Navy admiral. Uh, and, but first, let's start with the Senate blocking the election power grab bill, uh, S-1. Welcome to the program, Senator Cotton. How are you? Hey, Glenn, I'm good. I hope you and your listeners are well. It's good to be back on your program. So tell me about what happened yesterday and what it means. Well, Chuck Schumer brought to the floor uh, the the Democrats' radical election bill that would federalize all elections and it would mandate taxpayer funding for political campaigns and put Democratic operatives in charge of drawing our congressional district lines around the country. Uh, and we blocked uh, the motion to proceed to debate on that. Now, the Democrats got up on their high horse. They saddled it and rode it hard. and said, well, we just want to have a debate. You won't even have that. Well, they forget two things, Glenn. First off, they did that hundreds of times in the Trump era. And second, um, we don't need to have a debate about federalizing our elections. If you ask me, what's the Republican plan to federalize our elections? I will tell you, we don't have one. Because we don't think we should run elections out of Washington. (laughs) We think our states and our counties do a pretty good job of managing these elections. And we shouldn't grab power away from them for the purpose of dictating a one-size-fits-all election system to the entire country, which, by the way, is designed to elect Democrats in perpetuity. So what do you think about Joe Manchin? Was, did he fold in the end, or was, he, was this just a political game when he saw it's not going to pass anyway, I might as well vote for it? Well, so I, I don't support uh, Senator Manchin's proposed amendments to the bill. Again, I have a disagreement in principle. Um, I, I certainly think yes. that he would have improved the bill. I just didn't. This is a, a, a fundamental gap between the Democrats and the Republicans. And uh, I, <laughs> Right. Know, I one Senator is saying. On the floor. One is. Yeah, one is talking about the Constitution and the other is not. Yeah, I mean, I, clearly I unconstitutional. The, the Constitution reposes in our states the chief authority for regulating our elections. This was a very hotly debated 
uh, and carefully considered provision of the Constitution um, at the Constitutional Convention. And the federal government does have some residual authority, but that was considered to be in extreme cases, Gwen. In cases, for instance, when a state just refused to hold elections, period, because say they wanted to deny the Congress a quorum to act in the early days of the Republic. It was not because certain states are, say, requiring photo ID to vote, which, by the way, has the support of more than three quarters of the American people, even if Democratic politicians don't like it. So let me switch topics here. Let me go to uh, the whistleblowers uh, in the military. What's happening in our military is very disturbing. Uh, We are labeling people that voted for Donald Trump, let's say, uh, as extremists, and we're shoving CRT down their throat. Tell me about the whistleblowers that you have heard from, and how prevalent is this in our military? So Congressman Crenshaw and I uh, have created um, a website to encourage people to contact us in the military or veterans or families of service members if they were being exposed to critical race theory training sessions, uh, this kind of deeply anti-American notion that there are certain races who are inherently oppressive or privileged and certain races that are inherently victimized or oppressed, that we should judge people by the color of their skin as opposed to their character and their performance uh, in the line of duty. Um, It's one thing, Glenn, for woke corporations or left-wing college campuses uh, to truck in this kind of nonsense. It's another thing for our military, the most important institution in our society, because they're literally what keeps us free um, and what keeps us independent and preserves our Constitution. Um, We have received hundreds and hundreds of uh, complaints from service members, whether it's frontline training in their uh, duty units or the service academies or professional military schools like the War College. I've raised it now twice in committee hearings with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, yesterday with the Chief of Naval Operations, Mike Gilday, uh, that this needs to stop. Uh, We should not be trying to indoctrinate our young troopers uh, and young officers uh, in this kind of nonsense. And I gotta say, Glenn, it's not just critical race theory either. You know, we've had reports of mid-career uh, officers at uh, uh, those professional military schools having to take extended classes on climate change. I mean, what does climate change have to do with being a major in the Marine Corps or being a battalion commander in, in the Army? Um, they need to be studying tactics and operational excellence and military history and biography to learn their craft and their trade. You know what I bet? I bet China is not teaching its mid-career officers about climate change as opposed to how to defeat the United States. Okay, so so let me ask you, because we have all of this stuff happening at an administrative level. This is Woodrow Wilson's dream. Uh, Biden is putting in a lot of these policies without going through Congress because, quite honestly, Congress gave the power uh, years ago to the administrative um, uh, branch. So how do we stop this? Because it's everywhere. So, Glenn, there's, there's a few things uh, that I'm doing. So there's first, the simple fact of, of shining a bright light on it, like we're doing here, like I've done in these hearings, I, I think will create some tension uh, inside the Department of Defense of people who don't want this and, and say that, you know, look, Senator Cotton just questioned Secretary Austin. Secretary Austin said we shouldn't be doing this, and you should report it to your chain of command. So I think it's very helpful that this get exposed. Second, uh, this summer when we were at the annual defense bill, 
I will be proposing amendments that prohibit exactly this kind uh, of uh, training session. And third, you know, we confirm thousands, probably actually tens of thousands of uh, officer promotions every year on the Senate. Those are largely done just by a voice vote. Obviously, you know, we're not going to get into who's being promoted from second lieutenant to first lieutenant. Um, however, there are only a few dozen, a few hundred general officer promotions every year. And if the military doesn't knock this off, maybe it's time that we start digging a little more deeply into what those generals have been doing or tolerating or even promoting in their demands. So, I mean, I don't want to agree 100 percent, but I will if I have to. Yeah. Okay. Um, One uh, one last uh, topic here is we're as we're looking at um, uh, the the state of our union right now. How do we how are we ever going to get the truth on covid and China with their lab leak theory? Uh, They I mean, they control uh, almost everything. The United States, clearly uh, the administration is beholden to China. Are we ever going to find out? Because I think Fauci said yesterday we may never know. So, Glenn, I, uh, I think there's a good chance we may never have hard, conclusive proof, you know, the kind of direct evidence or smoking gun, in part because China has probably destroyed most of those evidence and disappeared or even killed uh, persons uh, who had firsthand knowledge. Um, now, it's possible that we might have a defector or whistleblower uh, that you know, brings evidence out of China and shares it with us. It's always possible. Um, but I think most Americans can use their common sense, Glenn. They can just look at all of the other evidence, the circumstantial evidence, which all points to those labs. Literally not a single piece of evidence points to that stupid food market. I mean, give me a break. This virus didn't originate up in some remote mountain village next to a cave full of bats. It came out of a city larger than New York. Coincidentally, just a few blocks away from those labs that research exactly these kind of viruses, a lab that is run by a woman whose nickname is literally the bat lady. <laughs> I mean, I think most Americans can look at those facts and say, China is responsible for this virus. Uh, it most likely so originated in those labs. But if we're not going to uh, punish China because we may not have the evidence, shouldn't people here be punished for the whitewashing and the out and out lies? I mean, we're, you know, we, we know now about hydroxychloroquine and and what the media and what uh, scientists, even scientists now we know now know we're part of a cover up and 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 threatening violence on people that we're speaking up for things like hydroxychloroquine. Is anyone going to pay a price? So, well, first off, Glenn, to get back to China, uh, I think they should pay a price and we should make that price very steep. Um, we don't need a Perry Mason moment to hold China accountable for what happened uh, in Wuhan and what they unleashed on the world. And then second, yeah, there's a lot of people that have a lot of answering to do. I mean, look, Tony Fauci uh, has basically become a Democratic activist in a white lab coat. Um, he, for many months, prevaricated, dissembled, misdirected, evaded on what his agency had done. It had funded indirectly through an American nonprofit gain-of-function research in those Wuhan labs, which was prohibited by the Obama administration at the time. Yet Tony Fauci, like so many of these bureaucrats, think they know better, think that they don't have to respond to elected officials, uh, and it's time for him to go. And if he won't resign, then Joe Biden should fire him. Which won't happen. 
Well, I seem to notice that he's not out there nearly as much. I think even the Biden administration is beginning to recognize that he's become a liability and that the American people have lost faith in him. Are you sensing at all in the Senate uh, that there is uh, a healthy respect at all that is starting to be gained uh, uh, because the, uh, of the American people as they are starting to stand up and speak out about things like critical race and some of these extremists? Is there any awakening that you're seeing on the other side that makes you believe that geez, we, we might have been reaching too far here? Well, not so much from the Democrats, Glenn. I mean, I think Republicans have, uh, have long held held uh, the American people and their uh, good common sense opinions in respect. I think some Democrats may be waking up uh, and growing fearful of that opinion and what it means for the Democrats in the midterm elections next year. But I also think a lot of them are still trying to pull right. the wool over the eyes of the American people for a little bit longer. Uh, the the last question I have is on this, this new... Uh, uh, task force that the white house is announced announcing uh and getting into bed with high tech to to try to weed out these domestic terrorists things that every democrat pushed against when you were even talking about the extremists overseas they're now spying on us the american people uh they've got a new whistleblower line where you can turn in your neighbors or your own family if you think that they are extremists you concerned about this and is anybody on the hill talking about it um well yeah i mean we shouldn't have big tech engaged in this kind of censorship or surveillance especially surveillance for the biden administration i mean their opinion of the domestic extremists is probably any of the 74 million people that voted for donald trump or another republican candidate yep. for office la- last year um but i think we've seen the consequences over the last year of these big tech companies thinking they know better, just like Tony Fauci, and they're going to suppress information. And it turns out the information they suppress is often correct. What's best, and this is something that good old-fashioned liberals once believed, you know, back in the 1950s and 1960s, is to have a robust and vigorous debate. And if you think someone is spreading lies or has weak arguments, the way you prevail is not to try to silence them using the power of the state or these giant monopoly companies, but present better evidence and make more compelling arguments. Senator Tom Cotton, thank you so much. Thanks for your service, sir. And uh, it's always great to have you on. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Glenn. Good to be back on with you. All right. So summer has arrived and with it comes all of those amazing summer holidays. And with things finally starting to return to normal in this country, I'll bet you're looking to spend those holidays with friends and family, cooking up some good food in the backyard while the kids go running and screaming around the yard. Let me take your grilling game and knock it up one level. If you haven't already, I want you to go online and check out Rectech. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it does it with smart grill technology, which means that it maintains perfect temperature the whole time. And that means you don't burn anything like I have time or two or every time until I got a Rectech. It's sleek, it's sturdy. The thing is built out of solid stainless steel. It's a tank. It'll be the last grill you buy. AB compare the Rectech to the competition. You'll see what I'm talking about. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program.
I don't know what's happening in Loudoun County, but it is absolutely out of control. This government is out of control. I'm talking about the county government uh, uh, under the direction of the school board. Yesterday, uh, they were um, uh, more than two people stood up and came for the public comment section during the meeting. And it was focused on a new school district policy regarding restroom accommodations and the use of pronouns for transgendered students. Well, a lot of people wanted to speak their mind. The school board didn't want to hear them. They uh, claimed that this whole assembly was just out of order, and they arrested a couple of people. By the way, if you're arrested, do not resist arrest. Do not give the media footage of you fighting against police officers. You've got to remember Martin Luther King. We have to be happy warriors, and if they're going to arrest you, fine. Arrest me all you want. I am not going to behave the way your people behave. I'm speaking out. I have the Constitution on my side. Uh, and as long as I continue to do the right thing, you know what? I'm, I'm happy with the consequences. I'm not going to be silenced in the face of evil. I will stand. I will speak. And one of the guys who spoke, this is now this is up in Bucks County in Pennsylvania. One guy who spoke um, to their school board, which was trying to silence people, again, not having open hearings, he addressed the school board. Listen to what he said. Now, you snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment. It seems to me that you think you can supersede the United States Constitution. Well... I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the U.S. Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government I policy. You, do not you, warn me or do not interrupt this my time. That if, if you, you interrupt my personal time, insults do not like that interrupt again, my or time. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I, will caution you, I will caution you, solicitor, there is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, public record emails, in which the director of equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? You know what? 
lobbying for it, advocating for it. We've got the school board president saying she'll do better at hitting the moot button in blatant violation of the Constitution for her lobbying and her advocacy of unconstitutional censorship. I want you, the school board, to terminate the employment of Dr. Charissa Gibson with immediate effect. I mean, is that guy great or what? And the reason why he is, is he came out with the Supreme Court ruling. He was talking about the Constitution. He knew it. He was prepared. Yes, he was forceful. Um, but I think that parents have had enough. When you're coming after our children, you've crossed the line. And all of this... This fascistic stuff of trying to, for instance, in Loudoun County, where they are, the, the county attorney is part of the problem. When the county attorney is on a Facebook page encouraging people to dox the parents and the children of those who are against CRT, you've got a problem. That is not America. That's not the way we work. And if these uh, school boards and local officials, if they want people to be kind and proper and not call them Benito, uh, Benito Mussolini, then they should stop acting like it. You don't have the right to shut people down. You don't have the right to do it behind our backs in Texas. That's why two people did lose their job. In fact, two people went to jail because they had memos going back and forth saying, look, the public is never going to understand this. Let's just do this. We can get through the public meetings. Let's just do this quietly. Well, that's against the law. And they went to jail. And so should anyone else. You may not be able to have the power to affect things nationally, you think. But I'm telling you, you have the power to change things locally. And that is the most important thing you can possibly do. Right now, the media is on this kick of saying that, no, 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 we don't. Uh, the CRT isn't, uh, isn't even being taught. It's just these conspiracy people. It's just all these... All these people, these right-wing fanatics, these, uh, these fascists on the right. I want you to listen to um, a 1943 pamphlet that was written for the communists in America on how to deal with dissent. See if this rings a bell. In 1943... The following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, When certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. This is happening in two ways. They are calling us fascist, white supremacist, etc., etc. And it is becoming uh, a reality 
in the mind of the everyday person that is not involved. They're seeing us now. The government is saying there's a threat. There's a threat. It's white supremacist. At the same time, they're saying these are extremist right-wing zealots, a.k.a. white supremacists that are against critical race theory. And they're saying it over and over and over again, and it is becoming reality for a lot of people. That is why you must never, ever be seen being out of control. I don't think that guy was out of control because he had uh, his facts in hand, and he knew exactly what he wanted to say, and he said it. He said it forcefully, but he said it. But we can't ever look out of control because that's what they're doing. They're smearing us, just like that 1943 pamphlet said. That's what they're doing to us. At the same time, they're using that uh, same tactic in reverse. They are repeating things that are lies to make them true. And the more you hear it, the more it becomes true. That's why you must never, at work or anywhere else, say the things that you know are not true. Do not go along with the CRT that's being jammed down your throats at, uh, at school or at work. Your job may depend on you just sitting through one of those things and being quiet. But your children's lives and your freedom, the freedom of the entire world is at stake if you do. Because the more you say it, the more you repeat it, the weaker you become and the stronger that becomes. They are now starting to use this lie that, uh, that CRT is not really even happening in our schools. It is. And you know who's going to stop it? In the end, it will be those who fear God. Last night, I, I was, uh, last night I kept falling asleep. I was trying to read my scriptures, and I had such a prompting to read the scriptures, read the scriptures, read the scriptures. And I kept falling asleep. And in the middle of the night, I woke up, read your scriptures, read your scriptures. And so I did. And I, I happened to be... Um, at a really important place. Corinthians chapter 1. And I went back and I was reading it, and it just, I knew I was supposed to tell you this today. Unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are being called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So what does this mean? Don't sit down. Do not believe the lie that you're alone, that you don't have any power. You're being called 
the noble, the mighty, the great. They're not being called. Why? Because they have already been called, and they're called to the other side. It's going to be the foolish things, the weak things, the things that you think can't do anything. They'd have no power. What are we going to do? It's the, it's the weak things that are being called by God. Recognize your calling and stand. Stand with all the love and the power that comes from knowing who God is. And knowing that God is a lover of truth. I can't tell you I know the truth of all things. But I do know the truth of things like CRT. Any, anything that teaches that an individual can never make it is evil. Anything that denies the power of redemption is evil. Anything that says all people of this category are like this or people are guilty of the things they didn't do, but their ancestors did, that's evil. Now, the mighty and the wise are pushing that down our throats. Be glad you're part of the foolish and those who call, who are called weak, because we know the truth. We are neither of those things, and God will prevail. When you're trying to run a business, just about nothing can kill you faster than HR issues, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and have you priced an HR manager lately? The average is going to be something around 70 grand a year. Fortunately, there's Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, and it was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager who's available by phone, email, or real-time chat, and you can craft HR policy and maintain your compliance. It's all for $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. From onboarding to terminations, they'll customize your policies to fit with your business. And it'll help you manage your employees all for $99 a month. You can pay month to month, no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. So let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today, free at Bambi.com slash Glenn. Schedule your free HR audit right now. It's B-A-M-B-E-E.com. Slash Glenn. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. There's a word trending today on uh, Twitter that was banned, and now they've unbanned it. And now the word Invermectin is trending. We have a guy who has been writing and taking the hits and being banned from social media for saying that word, Invermectin, uh, Daniel Horowitz. Welcome, Daniel. How are you? Hey, I'm doing all right, but I think I'm still being censored for it. <laughs> are you? Are you? Do you have you've I written have several articles article. for Blave.com? Go ahead. Yes. No, I actually wrote an article on... Uh, the censorship of ivermectin, and it was censored from Facebook. And and look, I mean, the people that are running Facebook's fact-check operation are funded by those that are producing the vaccines. And I think we all know the problem is not just statutorily, that if you have other treatments, you can't 
pursue an experimental emergency use authorization, but also it takes away from their market share and their ability to control people. So, you know, Glenn, this is not just about ivermectin. This is about any early, cheap, proven treatment. Um, you are not allowed to treat COVID uh, with, with something uh, less than $1,000 a dose. And this is a very big problem because commensurate with your belief on how serious this virus is, is your culpability in squelching our ability to actually treat this. So I understand, you know, why we, uh, you know, in the first few weeks, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And so, you know, we we locked down and I think that was right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the beginning, until we had a handle on what was going on to see if it was as deadly as all these people were saying, as it turns out, it wasn't. But at the same time, we're taking these great precautions. We are saying uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. You can't use those, though. That's all a conspiracy theory. That doesn't make sense. These are uh, hydroxychloroquine over the counter treatment in many countries and has been in use forever and doesn't have any adverse effects unless you take it in doses that no one would have been taking them in. Um, and we were told you can't even do it, and we were shut down. You're saying this is all because of the money of the uh, medical community and the money they were going to make? I really think it's two things. It's control and money. Obviously, if people no longer fear the virus, meaning that they believe that there is a non-invasive, you know, not like the monoclonal antibodies, you got to go to the hospital or someplace, but something that you could take even prophylaxic, you could take preemptively, first sign of trouble, and it, and it works, they'll no longer fear it like they no longer fear the flu or a cold or a headache. The minute people fear it, they're willing to go along with the masks the lockdowns, and certainly they're going to go along with the vaccines w without questioning it. And then also there is that legal authority issue that according to the emergency use authorization statute, it can only be granted if there's no adequate approved available alternative for diagnosing, preventing, and treating the disease. Mm. And to me, that's really the, the kicker because like everyone else, I never heard of hydroxychloroquine until last year. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. Right. And I figured, all right, right, well, you're telling me maybe there are problems with it. Maybe there are problems. But then when I started to see they did this to ivermectin and they did this to other drugs, there's colchicine, fluvaxamine, there are a lot of ways of treating this. This is not a novel virus in the sense that your eyes spontaneously blow out or something. Um, it's it's a, called a cytokine storm where your immune system has this inflammatory response. It's this dysregulation. It could be deadly, but it's very predictable. It's something that pulmonologists, intensivists started to see, like you said, after a couple of weeks. It wasn't novel anymore, and there are plenty of antiviral, anti-inflammatory, safe, proven drugs out there. But it seems like ivermectin in particular was almost made for this. It's had 57 studies uh, vouching for its efficacy, 30 randomized controlled trials. And what's funny is the naysayers keep saying we need more data. But then you look at their alacrity to approve either the experimental vaccines or drugs that are very expensive, like uh, remdesivir, $3,000 a pop, often with one RCT, or in the case of remdesivir, the World Health Organization, seem to show it didn't work, and I think history has proven that to be true, 
that juxtaposition is very disturbing, and that could only lead me to, to the conclusion that this is more about political science and, and, and money than, than real science. Okay, so I'm looking at the updated guide on therapeutics uh, and COVID-19 from the WHO. You had this in one of your Blaze articles. Uh, and they looked at the effect estimates. Standard care, uh, 70 died out of every 1,000. Uh, With ivermectin, 14 died uh, per 1,000. So... It looks like it works. However, it again says certainty of evidence, very low due to serious risk of bias and very serious imprecision. What does that mean? So what's funny is it was just uh, uh, published in the American Journal of Therapeutics, a really strong study showing the safety and low cost uh, suggests that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on SARS-CoV-2 pandemic globally. And, and one observation they make in this, in this paper is that when it comes to things like dexamethasone, it's one of the only things that has been written in the NIH protocol on treatment. That was approved after a single RCT, um, you know, showing promise. Here we have 30, and it's not enough. It's, it's just low, uh, low amount of data. And this is just very bizarre. And again, it's not just one drug. Let's go to just the trifecta of vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc, especially long-term. You know, we've had 15 months warning to bulk up our vitamin D levels. This virus is almost exclusively a vitamin D deficiency problem for those that get it very seriously. If you have over 30, 35 vitamin D levels, it's extremely unlikely you're going to have a problem with the virus. How many people you know, do, do you know who that even know about this, that are checking their vitamin D levels, uh, getting supplements, and, and not the you know, 800 IUs that some of them recommend, but a lot more than that? Um, nobody. Why aren't they talking about vitamin D? I mean, that's good for everything. So, again, you put this together, it's very hard to escape the conclusion that the reason they're censoring this is something a lot more sinister than, than just a concern over over the right data and, and accuracy. So I saw a story in passing, and uh, I, 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 I'd like to know if you've heard any more on this and, and if it is true. But I have heard that the uh, FDA is starting to come after um, holistic treatments of things, uh, you know, even all the way down to essential oils. And they're starting to come after these things, which would lead me to believe again um, they're just trying to herd us into pharmaceuticals uh, above everything else. I- is that true? Are they going after those things? So I didn't even realize this. You know, I pride myself on, on really capturing what's in the legislation that passes Congress, but I missed this. It was in the December omnibus bill. They stuck a provision called the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act, and it basically allows the Federal Trade Commission to go after anyone who they believe is, is peddling a cure or diagnosis for COVID that is unproven, which I think should apply to a lot of the pharmaceuticals that are being put out. But this, um, the DOJ put out a press release, oh, I think in April, going after a Missouri chiropractor, um, Eric Naputi, 
who had this quick work um, c- uh, cocktail, basically, of zinc and vitamin D. And there are tremendous amounts of studies showing that if you bulk up your zinc and vitamin D levels, it's almost impossible to get a cytokine storm, that inflammatory reaction. And he now has federal charges against him. And this was newly passed in that December omnibus bill from last year. So again, you, you put this all together, it, it, it shows a very scary pattern that makes you wonder how long have we been lied to by Big Pharma and how long have they pushed an anti-scientific agenda just to make a buck? Is it, has it been going on that long? Is this something new? What, what does your research show? You know, one of the interesting things is since I was a kid, like everyone else, I've always heard that, you know, bacteria you could treat with uh, antibiotics. There's no treatment for viruses. But what a lot of these doctors that have really done the research on how to treat COVID are now saying is that there are a lot of things that have antiviral qualities to them. Um, and, and some go so far to say that flu season is really a redundant manifestation of a vitamin D deficiency season from October to March above the 35th parallel um, or sometimes farther south where it's so hot people just want to remain inside in the air conditioning and people nowadays don't get enough vitamin D. Um, that there is a lot of treatments out there that are safe and effective and just well-known uh, things, even like melatonin that, that sometimes you use for kids to go to sleep at night um, that seem to work against covid and that's the question. How many other things such as flus and mono that have ailed kids do, do we now have the benefit of possibly treating? And remember, we've pumped in billions of dollars to HHS to hand out as contracts for these wonder drugs and wonder vaccines. But imagine if a little bit of that money was just spent on research on repurposing off-label cheap drugs that, that are known to have these qualities but I think we know, given the politics, that they have no incentive of, of doing that. I'll tell you, Daniel, I, I took uh, hydroxychloroquine as soon as it, it came out that it was a possibility. I started taking it and zinc. And the minute I stopped taking it, uh, I got sick. My whole family was sick over the summer. I was right in. I mean, I was kissing my wife while she was sick. I was like, give it to me. I just want it over with. I had been taking hydroxychloroquine and zinc. I didn't get it. I stopped after uh, after like August. And by December, I had a horrible bout. And I know that it was the hydroxychloroquine. I'm convinced of it. And it doesn't stop everything. Um, but it is good to prevent and why this stuff was um, uh, was was taken and treated the way it was to me goes way beyond their hatred for Donald Trump. It goes into things like I think the Great Reset. Daniel, thank you so yeah, much. Take care. God bless. Na, 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 na.